Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The gospel lesson and the text for our sermon this morning is written for us in St. John chapter 5, beginning at the 25th verse. Amen, amen, I tell you, the time is coming and is here now when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who listen will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so also he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and will come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, but those who have practiced evil will rise to be condemned. So far our text, let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Sanctify us through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In Jesus the Christ, dear fellow redeemed, the Apostle John was exiled on the island of Patmos because he had preached and taught about Jesus the Christ. While he was on the island, a revelation was received from Jesus himself and accompanying visions. John commented on those visions in Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. He said, Blessed and holy is the one who has a share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them. Instead, they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. That verse has caused many Christians confusion and, and consternation. Second or first resurrection, sorry. Does that mean there's two or more resurrections? Second death? Well, what's the first death? Those verses have confused Christians. What does it mean? Well, the text before us today and this verse in, in Revelation 20 verse 6 are complementary. Both of them shed light on the other. In our text, Jesus doesn't speak about a, a first resurrection or a second death, but they're there. These verses are complementary. So as we ponder the meaning of the words before us this morning, we do so around the theme, all in their graves will hear Jesus' voice. Jesus' word raises the spiritually dead. Our text began by saying, Amen, Amen, I tell you, a time is coming and is here now when the dead will hear 
the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. Jesus said a time is coming and is here now. He was really pointing to his mission here on earth that was ongoing at that time and would soon be brought to completion so that the dead can hear his voice and live. We, by nature, are spiritually dead. We have no power in and of ourselves to do what God wants. In fact, the Bible says we're not just neutral. We're not just a dead corpse lying there. We are hostile to God. By nature, when God says, go this way, our response is, I'm going this way. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. We are enemies of God. But Jesus' word gives life to that which is dead. In the book of Romans, it tells us that faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing the message. Now, how would you summarize that message? You would summarize it as all that Jesus did to rescue dead, sinful people like you and me. The time has come for you to hear that message. Jesus lived a perfect life in your place. All the demands of the law that you've failed to keep day after day, Jesus satisfied. He was the Holy One. He was the only one to live a perfect life. And he did that not just to be an example to you, someone that you can follow. He did it in your place. So that when you're looking at the commandments, you see, for instance, in the fourth commandment, that you haven't honored your parents. You haven't obeyed authority the way that God wants you to. Jesus did it for you. He kept the fourth commandment in your place so that you would have a righteousness before God. If you look at the sixth commandment and you see that you haven't lived a chaste and decent life in word and deed as it demands, Jesus did for you remaining sexually pure in thought, word, and deed throughout his entire life. He did that not just to show you how it's done, but he did it for you in your place so that you could have a righteousness before God. Jesus also took your place under the law in suffering the punishment that it deserves. Yes, all of those times that you disobeyed your parents, they mean that you deserve to die. 
all of those impure thoughts, words, and actions, they demand that you die. Jesus took your place so that he died for you. He has suffered the consequence of your sins so that you can be freely and fully forgiven. That's the message of Christ. That he has lived for you and he has died for you so that you, dead in your trespasses and sins, can hear his voice and live. Do you really think of God's word, the listening to it, the hearing of it, as a matter of life and death? Maybe you were raised in the church, and so it's, it's just been part of your routine, just like eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You probably didn't sit down this morning and have breakfast or your cup of coffee thinking it was a matter of life and death. But isn't it? If you stop eating, you know what happens. You die. And just as three meals a day probably causes you to take it for granted, has the regular hearing of God's word caused you to take it for granted. It is a matter of life and death that you hear the voice of the Son of God and live. That's the first resurrection. When God brought you to faith, He raised you from the dead. He gave you something new, a new life, so that you were born again. So that now you can live for God. That power to give life, Jesus explains, comes from his ability as, as God to give life. That the Father has given him this ability just as surely as the Father himself has it. Jesus' words have power. When you're hearing God's word, when you're hearing what Jesus has done for you, when you hear that because of Jesus, your sins are forgiven, life is flowing to you. The same powerful word that created everything from nothing is speaking and is declaring your sins forgiven and is giving you life just as surely as that food that you take into your stomach gives life to your body. So what is the second death then? The second death is at the end of time. The first death then 
is our physical bodily death. Now, death holds great fear for many people and even Christians. Death is the ultimate test of our faith. That's when we're going to find out if it was all worth it. So even Christians can struggle as they face death's door. And we can even feel that death is going to have the final word. Maybe we're battling cancer or just growing old. Whatever the reason, it seems as if death gets to speak over us and there's nothing we can do about it. But notice what Jesus said in our text. He said, do not be amazed at this. For a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Jesus was giving us a great comfort that death is not going to have the final word over us, but that he will. That he will speak and the dead will rise. Jesus, in his earthly life, at least three times demonstrated his ability to do that for someone else. There's Jairus' daughter, the son of the widow of Nain, and then Lazarus, that great miracle of Jesus that caused the Pharisees and the teach or excuse me the chief priests to be determined to crucify him for the people of Jesus day Jesus power over death wasn't questioned even his enemies conceded that he had raised Lazarus from the dead Jesus has the power. Lazarus, come out. He spoke. And the dead, the physically dead, came alive again. But Jesus' power over death is so complete that he could even raise himself from the dead. In John chapter 10, the Good Shepherd chapter, Jesus says, I have authority to lay my life down and authority to take it back up again. Jesus raised himself from the dead. Everyone else that has been raised has needed someone else to act on their behalf. Whether an Old Testament prophet, Jesus, or a New Testament preacher, Everyone else has needed someone else. But not Jesus. By his own power, he raised himself from the dead. So if the enemies of Jesus' day were convinced he had power over death, 
And if Jesus, by his resurrection, has demonstrated that he has power to raise himself, what should your confidence be? Should be sky high, right? Heaven high. Because Jesus can do exactly what he says. Jesus' word will raise the dead. The day is coming when Jesus will stand at the foot of your grave if you have died. And he will call you by name. And your body will rise. He will reunite your soul to that decayed body, to those ashes. And you will live. You should be confident of that. So death is no hiding place. Sometimes when we're really embarrassed, we'll make a statement like, oh, I wish I could die. We just want to disappear. Get out of the situation. Well, the fact is that people can be in their lives going through some hard things and they want to escape. They want to die so they can get out of it. To do that at your own hands is a pointless act. Death is no hiding place. The people that think that they can scatter their ashes to the ends of the earth and Jesus will never gather them up, they're lying to themselves. They're deceiving themselves. Because Jesus will gather all people to himself. He will raise all the dead. All in their graves will hear his voice and come out. And he tells us then that he will judge all people. Those who have done will done good will rise to life. And those who have done evil will rise to death. There's the second death. Or as John said again in Revelation, but those who are cowardly, unbelieving, detestable, murderers, adulterers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all the liars will have their share in the lake of burning fire and sulfur, which is the second death. When we speak about Judgment Day, even that title, right? It's a scary title, Judgment Day. It is when you're looking at yourself. When you think about God judging you for the things that you have done, the evil that you've done, that's terrifying. Because you can see that God has cause to throw you into this lake of fire. 
But is that the judgment that waits for you? Jesus said, those who have done a good thing or the good things rise to life. When the people asked Jesus, what is the work of God? They were really asking, what are the good things that God wants us to do? Jesus responded, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. If you believe that Jesus lived for you, if you believe that Jesus died for you, that's the good thing. That means on that day of judgment, you will rise to life and you will live forever with Jesus. You'll meet him in the air with all the saints who have gone before us. And we will be with the Lord forever, never to be separated by death again. Triumphant with all the saints. May God bless you with his spirit so that you hear the voice of Jesus and live. May you partake in that first resurrection. May Jesus' word give you life now so that second death it has no power over you. All in their graves will hear Jesus' voice. May his voice call you to eternal life. To him be the glory, now and forever. Amen. Please stand for the blessing. Now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.